this morning, uh, we're going to talk about generosity a little bit. Of course, we are kind of kind of titling everything, tis the, season to, tis the season to be generous. Of course, really all the time is, we're supposed to be generous all the time. And, we'll, and I know that you guys know that, but uh, we'll get into some stuff. Um, anytime, that we, anytime that we come to church, uh, really all the time, we should be just ready to receive. You know, God can do stuff for us um, all the time. We should always be in that mindset of where we're always ready to hear from God, listen to what God's saying to us. Um, I believe that's what Jesus did. That's why he was so awesome and his ministry was so awesome. And we should live our lives the same way, always being ready, always being ready. This morning, uh, some of the leaders were talking, and we talked about preparation. Hopefully, you guys are preparing. Prepare your lives to hear from God, to listen to him. Uh, you know, God doesn't just talk at church on Sunday mornings. He talks all the time. He'll talk to you all the time if you just listen, give him the time. All right. Um, so, of course, uh, my, the title of my message is just, Tis the Season to be Generous or for Generosity. Um, I looked up the definition of generosity, and it says readiness or liberality in giving, freedom from meanness or smallness of mind or character, largeness or fullness amplitude and amplitude just means it's kind of like fullness or largeness uh we should live lives where our generosity is full you know generosity does not just mean that we give money it's more than just your money it's supposed to be a lifestyle it's supposed to be how we think okay and i, I know i'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit uh, you know, there's there's lots of people, you, you're, you're beginning to see a whole lot more people uh, nowadays on the street with the little cardboard wanting money, you know, wanting something. You giving to them doesn't necessarily mean you're generous. That don't mean you're not generous, but that doesn't necessarily mean generosity. It's uh, Generosity, is, again, is a lifestyle. It's the way we're supposed to be thinking all the time. All right. So let me look at uh, Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to read verses 1 through 11, and we're reading out of the English Standard Version. And this is going to be kind of our, kind of our text, what we're drawing some stuff from this morning. You guys all right? You guys ready? Yes. You guys are ready? Yes. No, re get your minds ready. Get your hearts ready. You know, that's a lot of the reason why we start service uh, with music and singing. It just kind of gets us in a good mood, gets us happy. Does it, does it make y'all, does the singing and worshiping get y'all in a good mood? You know, I heard a, uh, I know that I'm getting away from a little bit, but y'all are okay with that, aren't you? Y'all ain't in no hurry, are you? No. We're not going to be long. We won't be long. 20 or 30 minutes, and we'll, we'll have y'all eating. Does Cowboys play today? No. no. Not today? They lost on Thursday. They lost on Thursday. Yeah. Y'all pray for the Cowboys. Pray for the Cowboys. Pray for the Cowboys. Yeah, they'll get, they'll get over it. They'll get over it. Let me, let me go ahead and read Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, and this is Paul the Apostle talking to the church at Philippi, all right, so he's talking to a church. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, 
but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, when we read these scriptures, we see a lot of generosity. We see generosity in here. One thing that I see is that Jesus was generous. Uh, and, of course, that's without saying, but Jesus was very generous. And, of course, if you've been in, around Christianity any at all, or if you read the Bible any at all, he wasn't just generous sometimes. He was generous all the time. Again, it's going right along with what I'm telling you guys. We need to live a life of generosity. And we also see that God being generous to Jesus here. When Jesus did obey God, then it says that God exalted him. Uh, he exalted him above every name, which, which he is. He is the Lord. He's, he's Jesus. He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. Now, I want you guys to stop for a minute and think uh, about what it would be like if we didn't have any generosity. I think sometimes when we, when we you know, we talk about, you know, we're, this morning we're talking about generosity and you hear a message about generosity, but we, we don't really, we, we begin to take, we kind of take generosity for granted and we don't really think about it. I mean, think about it from the, from the moment that we walked in this morning. What if the greeters weren't as, maybe they didn't greet you. Maybe what if they didn't say nothing? You know, what if they didn't smile? What if, nobody, what if nobody said hi to you when you walked in? What if we didn't hug? What if nobody hugged your neck? What if nobody said, shook your hand or said hello or nothing? I mean, it would be rough, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, just think about it. No generosity. None. We don't smile. We don't, we don't say thank you. Nothing. Like, none of that. Because that's all generosity. We don't have to do that. Right? Vanessa did the, the video this morning. What if we went to her, hey, Vanessa, you want, would you do the, no. <laughs> Vicky, you know, Jasmine, Lynn, y'all want to sing? No. Nope. We just want to come to church and sit down and just maybe hear a little word. Even in that, that's generous. You know, Pastor Marvin, he don't have to do what he does. We could shut the doors. Life would go on, right? Think about it. Think about it for a minute. No generosity. When there's no generosity, you know, there's really no hope. There really isn't. I mean, what, what good is it? If we, made a bunch, if we made a bunch of money, but there was no kindness, no patience, no, no goodness, you know, after a while we'd kind of got, this money doesn't really mean anything. We have to have generosity. And that, that's what my first point is. Everyone needs generosity. And everybody needs to be generous. You know, it's not just a one-way street. It's a two-way street. We have to give generosity, and we have to receive generosity. Jesus was generous. He, re he received generosity. Again, just going back to just think a minute what life would be if there was no generosity. Nobody did anything for nobody. 
You, can't, you couldn't expect to receive anything from anyone. That'd be rough, wouldn't it? I mean, it, almost, it just takes hope away from us. When without generosity, there's no hope. I'm going to go ahead and go to my second point this morning. Everyone needs to be generous together. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 4 again. Paul said, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there's any comfort from love, if there's any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy. Notice Paul saying here, if there is. That's the generosity that I was just talking about. That when we come in, we say, hi, how you doing? Shake your hand. That's general, you know, that's this right here. Is there going to be any encouragement in Christ? I'm asking you personally. Are you going to encourage people in Christ? Oh, yeah. It's going to happen, right? We're going to do it. We're going to be generous. It's going to happen. Is there going to be any comfort from love? Y'all love anybody? Of course we do. So Paul's saying if there's going to be that, he goes on to say in verse 2, complete my joy by being of the same mind. Remember, he's talking to a church here. He's not talking to one person. He's talking to a church of believers, just like I'm talking to a, a church of believers right now. I don't want just one of you guys to be walking in love or, you know, what he's saying. I want all of us to be generous, all of us to be of the same mind. Imagine if all of us in this room were doing something, going in different directions. We're focusing in on something else. You know, everybody was focusing on, some, focusing on something different as, as to pertaining to the way we're running this church. We'd never get anything done, would we? We'd never get anything done because we're just all going in different directions. We all have to go in the same direction and get it done. So verse 2, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Verse 4, and this is probably my favorite. If I had a favorite verse, there's so many good ones, right? But if I had a favorite verse, this might be it. Philippians 2, 4, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. I think that's God's definition of generosity right there. We're supposed to always be mindful of others, not just ourselves. Now, it's okay if we look after ourselves. He says that. It's okay if you take care of yourself, but make sure you're taking care of other people as well, right? When, we, when we're together, it just makes us stronger and better. You know, it, it only makes sense, you know, if I had, a, if I had to uh, wrestle Jeremy Grace or something, you know. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd probably be a whole lot better off if I had Rusty to help me and Vicky and Pastor Mike. Right? Y'all understand my point? I, 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 had a, I had a piece of rope that I brought. Y'all ever, ever really just studied a rope and looked at a rope? If you unravel it, it's like three different ones. See that? It's three different ones wrapped together. Wonder why they do that. You think that's just coincidence? It just makes the rope look better. It's stronger. And it makes it way it makes it way stronger. It doesn't just make it a little bit stronger, a lot a little bit more strong. It makes it a lot stronger. And that's the way unity is. That's the way our we're supposed to be generous together. And it when we do that, it makes us stronger. Imagine what we could do if each one of us was to give a dollar a day. For a year. A dollar ain't very much, is it? 
Could, we afford, could, could everybody in here afford a dollar a day? Man, you can almost find a dollar every day. And you just look around. Man, I, I look, I'm looking at the ground all the time finding quarters and nickels and dimes and stuff. I mean, you, just, you can almost find it. But if we all said, you know what? We're going to give a dollar a day, all of us as a team. In a, in a year, really a little bit less than a year, we'd have almost $30,000 in a year. You know, we, were, uh, we had a goal of, of $25,000 for sound equipment. We would have all paid for it in a year or a little bit less than a year. Do you see how when we work together, it's just a dollar. It's just a dollar a day. That, what, that's not, it's not hard. It, it wouldn't be a hard goal to reach, would it? But you see how when we work together and put some, put some uh, you know, just some persistence to it every day for a year? We'd have like nearly $30,000. That's awesome, isn't it? And that's the way God meant for it to be. You know, God called us to be a body. And there's a reason. Because he knew a body is going to be a lot more powerful, a lot more effective than just one individual person. Even Jesus didn't do it by himself. He immediately assembled him a team. And began. And we're, we're, even today, we're still reaching the world. So let's go to point three. Point three is lose your mind. And I kind of and I kind of wrote this just to kind of get your attention. I'll kind of explain. I'll explain myself a little bit. But lose your mind. Uh, let's go ahead and look at Ephesians chapter four. We'll go ahead and read that verse, and then maybe it'll make a little bit more sense to you guys. Ephesians chapter four, verse seventeen. Now this I say, and again, this is Paul the apostle talking to the church of Ephesus. You think it's a coincidence that uh, a lot of the books in the New Testament particularly was to a, a body of believers? Not a coincidence. God was telling us something, wasn't he? Verse 17, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, or unbelievers, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that, but that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. When I was getting ready to, uh, when I was getting ready for this, this message, um, it just seemed like every time that I would say to myself, tis the season to be generous or tis the season for generosity, I just kept getting, I kept thinking that we are to be generous with our mind. And I don't know why, but it just seemed like, you know, I guess God was, Trying to show me something. But to be generous with our mind. Mark chapter 12. And if you want to go ahead and put that verse up, you can. I think we have it on there. Mark chapter 12. Uh, verse 29 through 31. Uh, there was a lawyer, that, uh, some people that Jesus were talking to. And one of the guys asked Jesus, he said, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus answered him, the most important, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is, is one. The Lord is one. And you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul with all your mind, and with all your strength. Now, he said four different things there, heart, soul, mind, strength. But for some reason, I just kept focusing on that mind because I know that 
generosity, like I was saying earlier, is a way of thinking. There are some people that just don't think about being generous, but they think about being selfish. You know, you're going to think about something. And so I kept thinking that we have to be generous with our minds to God and for God. That's what I just, you know, I kept, I just kept getting that as I was studying and reading everything. And the thing that I kind of wanted to say about this is, is that, you know, there's a lot of people that have some bad thinking or wrong thinking of about the way God is. Um, when I was growing up, when I first got born again, I got, I got born again when I was 18 years old. I'm 47 now, so almost 30 years. Um, when I got born again, I went to a Assembly of God church. And it seemed like a lot of those people, a lot of the people that I hung around, believed that God would make you sick. You know, he'd make you sick to teach you something. You know, that that was, you know, that was one of their, you know, they, they believe that. A lot of people believe that. Now, I don't know about now. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that come out of anybody's mouth recently. But I have heard other things, yeah, and it may be. But I have, other th I have heard other things and I'm thinking, that's not God. That's not who God is. Uh, Jesus, when he walked this earth, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So basically what he's saying is, if you see what I'm doing, that's exactly what God would be doing. Or it was really the other way around. Because Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. Jesus did not, again, Jesus lived his entire life in generosity. It wasn't just something he did every once in a while. Well, I, I'm the Christ. I better be generous. No, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. His life was all the time generous. And that's the way we're supposed to be living our lives. He's, he's our example. So we're constantly. And, you know, I used to really struggle with that. I'm like, well, God, you mean like even at work and I'm supposed to be generous? And, well, yeah, every, always, you know. And I don't know when it finally kicked in, but, but all the time. But as I read this Mark chapter 12, where it says to love God with all, you know, whatever, heart, soul, mind, you know, and of course, we're, I'm kind of talking about the mind. To love the Lord your God with your mind. And I looked up that word, and it means mind, of course, but it also means thinking, understanding, and imagination. And I thought, that's, that's, that's pretty cool, when I, especially when I saw that it meant imagination. Now, just you guys, just think with me for a minute here. And this was this was my thought. Maybe this is maybe this is simple, or maybe it's genius. I don't know. You guys can you can you guys can tell me later. But love the Lord with all your mind. Now, first of all, I think well, my mind, my understanding, my imagination is going to be different than your understanding and imagination. A little child is going to have a different understanding and imagination about God than we will. But you know, the Bible does say that we're supposed to be like children. So use your imagination with me here, all right? A little bit. But it says, love the Lord your God with all your mind. You know, if we're going around thinking or saying things about God that's not true, like, let's just say, for instance, like I said, well, go, people used to say that God will make you sick, you know, to teach you something. That's not loving God. You can't say God will make you sick 
or God will keep you poor, and that be love. If y'all, you guys ever went to 1 Corinthians 13 and read what love is? Love is patient, love is kind. Well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, you know, to go, you know, yeah, God will make you sick. What if somebody said that about you? Pastor Marvin will make you sick to teach you something. That's not, that's not very loving, is it? So why do we do that with God? Why do we do that? It's, it's crazy, isn't it? Where did that come from? Where did, where did thinking like that come from? Unbelievers, yeah. It might have come from, it might have come from some crazy Christians. Christians can come up with some crazy stuff. But, but let's, look at this. let's look at it this way. I'll close here in just a minute. But let's, but let's take our imaginations. All right. Let's let our, ima- our imagination work. Um, you guys remember when you were kids and you had an imagination that maybe you wanted to fly or, you know, I don't know. That, that was something when I was a kid, you know, to fly would be cool, you know. Be invisible. That'd be cool. Have superpowers, be super strong, you know. You hear about kids wanting to jump off the house because they think they fly, you know. Am I the only one? Is it, does, anybody, does anybody, did anybody else have an imagination when you were a child? Wanting to do, wanting to do silly stuff, right? Like what we think, what we would think is silly. But is it silly? Is it silly? You think one day we might fly? We will. Do you think one day that we'll walk on water? If we want to. I don't see why not. Right? But let's think about God just a minute. And what I really want to do this morning is I want to change the way we think about God. And I know it may take a little bit more time than just one sermon, one service. But hopefully I'll kick start something, you know. That God is absolutely good. He's absolutely good. There is no, there is no bad in him. The Bible says that he is love, that he is light, that there's no darkness in him. And we've got to begin to change the way we think, the way that we understand God, the way that we imagine God. You know, I always thought that if God was going to be God, that he would be just absolutely amazing, right? And I know that we don't see him. You know, the Bible calls him the invisible God, and he is. We haven't seen him. We, we believe in him, but we haven't seen him. But the Bible says things like that God, when it explains God, that he's, again, that he's light. Uh, I think in the book of Ezekiel, it says that he's a fire from the loins up and from the loins down. Can you imagine that? He, God begs, if you will, for our imagination to go to work. Right? Because he is so much more than we know, even that we know that he is. We know God's great. Right? We know God's good. But can I ask you guys this morning to use your imagination in just telling yourselves that every once in a while and thinking about that, that God is just so good. 
You know, and I don't, I don't even have the words. As I'm standing here, I'm thinking, you know, what can I say to make you think, to let you guys know that God is so good? Uh, Lynn bought Vicky a, um, a little plaque thing, a little wooden thing for Christmas a year or two ago. And it says on there, I love you more than biscuits and gravy. God is better than biscuits and gravy. Did I just do it? Did I just, I, I think I did it. I found the words. I think I found the words. But I want you guys to leave here this morning. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't matter where you came from. Can you let your imaginations run wild with how good God is? Let me ask you guys a question in closing. I'll close with this. Can you say something about God that would be too much of a stretch? Can you say something about him that's good that's not true? Right? You'll, you will exhaust your vocabulary trying to say how good he is, and you still won't do it. Am I right? So let's do that. Let's do that every day of our lives, all the time. I tell God all the time, I say, God, you're better than I know you are. Because there's a lot I have not even experienced and seen from him. You know, the Bible says that in the ages to come, he'll be showing us things and we're just going to be like, oh. So in a billion years, in a billion years, you mean God's going to show us something that's going to blow us all away? And guess what? And then in another billion years, he's going to show us something else that's going to blow us away. Can't get my head around that. But that's how good God is. And he wants to be that good to us. All right? So let's let him be that good by understanding and imagining that he is that good. All right?